Blessed evening to all our dear listeners, and you are dearly and warmly welcome to a new year. We, we wish you a happy new year to you and your family. We pray that you see God's glory and God's grace in this year. And so Equipped with Pastor Toe officially welcomes you to 2021. And we know it's going to be a good year. You know why? Because uh, the Bible says that um, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. So we know we are getting better and things will, will work out better than the previous year. Call a friend, call a brother, call a sister. And let's dig into the Word of God. If you are ready for the Word of God for the first of the Equip session in 2021, why don't you lay your hands on your heart and just pray briefly that God will speak to you, that the Word of God will come to you with clarity, purpose, and power, that it will bless your life, will transform you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. So kindly turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter number 12, the verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The verse 2 is my emphasis for this week and perhaps next week. Paul says to the Roman church that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, transformation, what we call change, is a product of a renewed mind. Transformation is a product of a renewed mind. I cannot have a new life nor a changed life with an old mind. Change is not automatic. Change is a product that comes from a renewed mind. So I want to speak to you on the message, renew your mind. Renew your mind. You see, it is not the movement of the clock that brings newness of life. Our lives won't take a dramatic turnaround just because we have entered a new year. It is true that every year and what it brings in terms of event and circumstances. It is true that there are good years and there are bad years. And if you live through COVID, uh, to, to 2020, you, you know this full too well. There are seasons things are favorable and there are seasons that things are just not favorable. But the hand of the clock itself does not really change our lives. It is the movement in our minds that brings the newness of life. It is the movement, not the movement of the hand of the clock, but the movement in our minds that bring the newness of life. If our minds are still the same in the new year as it was in the previous year, we will continue to perform at the rate we performed in the previous years. If my mind does not move from where it is now, my life will not be transformed. If your mind does not move from where it is now, your life will not be transformed. It takes a transformed mind to have a transformed life. 
We know it is good. We have all entered a new year. We are excited about it. 2020 is gone. 2021 is coming. We know great things are going to come. But until we transform the way we think, until we transform the thinking, the mind, we will not be able to have a transformed life. If you keep doing the things that you have always done, you keep getting what you have always got. If you keep responding to challenges and problems in the same way, you will always be what you have been. Nothing will change. You may desire it, you may wish for it, you may want it, but nothing will change because your mind is in the same place. There will be no newness of life just because you have entered a new year. If your mind is still the same, if your mind is not renewed, there will be no newness of life, regardless of what year it is. Romans 12 therefore says that renew, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing is a gradual, everyday process. By the renewing of your mind. If our perspectives are not changed, I'm afraid that the change of year won't make any difference in our lives. If our responses are not changed, uh, your results and, 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 and answers will never change. If we keep, for instance, being lazy, we are not going to walk in prosperity. If we keep waiting on God to do what we ought to do, our lives will not move forward. The renewing of our minds is necessary for the newness of life. The renewing of our minds is necessary for the newness of life. Your mind is so important. Because you see, your mind is what decides what you see. Your mind is what decides what you see. Have you ever had this situation in your life where you are looking at somebody and you walk right past the person and then you don't notice them and then the person calls you back and says, Hey, Charlie, why? You didn't see me. Oftentimes you are going to say, Sorry, oh, my mind wasn't there. So even though your eyes were looking at them because your mind decided not to see them, you walk right past them. In the same way, your, your eyes could be looking into a good place, but if your mind does not see it, you cannot get it. You have to understand that it is your mind that decides what you see, and what you see determines what you receive. It is your mind that determines what you see, and what you see determines what you can receive. In short, it is like this. If you can see it, you will have it. If you can see it, you will have it. That is why God brought Abraham out of his tent when he was complaining that, God, you have not given me any son. You've given me a promise, but you have not given me a son up until now. God brought him out to see a picture, and it was the picture of stars. And he said, this is how your descendants are going to be. The Bible says that when Abraham saw, he believed in God and he, God, counted, accounted it unto him as righteousness. So when Abraham saw it, he had faith in God. Then he had faith in the possibility of having numerous descendants. Why? Because he saw it. And once he saw it, he could receive it. And as we are talking today, millions of, Abraham had millions of descendants. Jews by birth and Jews by salvation. All are descendants of Abraham. Muslims are also saying they are descendants of Abraham. So he has lots and lots of descendants. Why? Because if you can see it, 
you will receive it. If you can see it, you can have it. That is why God encourages us to meditate. Because meditation helps the mind's eye to construct the picture of the word that we have in our mind and in our spirit. And what the Holy Spirit interacting with our minds construct become the picture we see. And once we can see the picture of God's word, we will have it because nobody then can convince you otherwise. Why? Because you can see it. The process of is, is the interaction between the Holy Spirit and the mind. But the two that help us to see is the mind. The meditation is done with the mind. And so if your mind is not good enough, you would see that God will give you things. God will drop things into your spirit, but your mind will not be able to interpret them the way God gave them to you. I want to say to you, how good is the tool? How good is your mind? Because how good your tool is determines how well we can see what God is trying to show us. I know some will say, ah, I received the thing in my spirit. I could see it in my spirit. Yes, but when you were putting words to it, it was not your spirit that was speaking. It was your mind that put construct of words to, to explain and to interpret what God had given to you in your spirit. And so if your mind is of poor quality, you will misinterpret or you interpret what God has given to you in your spirit poorly. Not because God gave you a poor thing, but because your mind is faulty or your mind is poor until you can see it you can never have it if you can't see yourself as liberated and delivered you cannot have deliverance from your challenges if you can't see yourself as wealthy and as free you cannot become wealthy and free if you cannot see yourself possessing the gates of your enemies, you cannot be a victor. When your mind moves, it must move in the direction where you see possibilities and not impossibilities. It must move in the direction where you see ability and not disability. It must move in the direction where you see forwardness and not backwardness. It must move in the, the direction where you see abundance and not lack. So we have entered a new season and you are hearing that until you renew your mind, you're not going to benefit from the new year. The clock doesn't really change anything. Nothing has really changed. You still slept on the same bed. You still, you still, you still 24 hours. But if you can change your mind and say, now I want my mind to move in the direction of God's word. I came to tell somebody, if you can see it and if you can allow your mind to move in that direction, you can have it. The saddest, most painful situation in life is not blind eye, but a blind mind. The saddest, most painful situation in this life is not a blind eye, but a blind mind. That is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the prince of the earth, the prince of the earth, the devil, blinds the minds of people and not the eyes. There are many with eyes, but they cannot see because their minds are shut. Their minds cannot see good, even if you put heaven before them. <laughs> they can see it. 
is shut by an experience. Their minds have been shut by the past, shut by fear, shut by limiting teachings and indoctrination, shut by sometimes even religious um, 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 practices. Their minds are shut. There are people who see nothing good about anybody. The, the only thing they see are errors and weaknesses. Nobody will see it. You just say, put them there with the person in two minutes. They can tell you all the wrong about the person. It's not because they, the person's wrong is overbearing. No, it's because that is all they can see. Their mind is shut to every good thing. There are people who are so afraid to try. Just so afraid to try. Because yesterday they did and they failed. So their mind is shut. I have spoken to many people. that every, For them, everywhere is a stepping stone. And I ask myself, so when will you see your building stone? Every man is not good enough. How are you ever going to identify your Prince Charming? Every good opportunity is too good to be true. The reason is because their minds are shut. Something has shut it. The new year won't change anything for you. 2021 really won't change anything for you until you open up your mind, until your mind can see. If you're going to walk in this year, the way you walked in last year, if you're going to walk in this year, the way you have always been walking and the way you have always been believing, ah, then nothing really is going to change. Nothing really good is going to come to you because your mind is not renewed. And until your mind is renewed, you cannot be transformed. You cannot be changed. Nothing really good can come. But I pray for you that may your mind be open to see opportunities in the name of Jesus. I pray that may your mind be open to see possibilities. May your mind be open to see open doors. May your mind be open to see wells even in the desert. And this is so important because Hagar was sitting right by the well and she was going to die with her son of test until God came down and opened her eyes to see a pool of water. She was lying by a pool of water, but she was just going to die of test because she could not see it. You can be sitting in a good place and never see it. You can be sitting on gold and diamonds and never see it. But if God opens your eyes for you to see, then you can have a transformed life. I pray for you that as we begin Equip 2021, may your eyes be open to see the possibility the wells, the, the open doors, the greatness, all the things that God has put around you in the name of Jesus. May your mind see. You want to say to yourself, wherever you are listening to I say, my mind will see. My mind will see. My mind will see. My vision will be, expand, will be expanded. Please hear me on this. God will go past your mind to speak to your spirit. God will go past your mind to speak to your spirit. God doesn't need your mind to communicate to you. Paul said, whatever we receive, we receive of the Holy Spirit in our spirit. God will whisper an idea for the breakthrough into your spirit. God can whisper the woman you're supposed to marry or supposed to see. It's called discernment into your spirit. God will show you where to go where to invest, who to join with, who not to join with. He can do all of that and you can do that into your spirit. God doesn't need your mind to do that. But it will take your mind to interpret what you have received in your spirit. It will take your mind 
to interpret what you have received in your spirit. I said earlier, yes, you said I receive it in my spirit. It's true. But when you were when you were explaining and describing the vision and how much you run with the vision was based on how much you understood what was put in your spirit by God. Therefore, the quality of your mind can reduce what God said to you to fit into what your mind can handle. The quality of your mind can reduce what God said to you so that it will fit into that small set, that small place, that small, that small preaching system in your head. Because not God, it's not because God cannot do so much, but because your mind cannot see so much. I want you to understand this. The blessings of God in your life is dependent upon the quality of your mind. <laughs> the blessings of God in your life is dependent on the quality of your mind. Remember, I said we see with our minds and not our eyes. You went past somebody, he said, I, my mind was not there. So even though God can whisper the idea that will take you from zero to hero, from the valley to the mountaintop, but until you can see that idea, you cannot produce it. Until you can see that thing that God is saying to you, you will never get to where God had in mind for you. God says, I will bless you and I will multiply you. The blessings of Abraham is our portion. The degree to which you can, your, your mind can see the multiplication is, is the same way that is, a, is that degree at which you receive the blessings of God. Let me explain. So for someone hearing that God says, I'll bless you and I'll multiply you. All they see is, you no know, one small house, one small car, struggling marriage, struggling life. That is what you get because what that is what you see. That is how far you can receive of the blessing of God. For another person, that same word, I'll bless you and I'll multiply you. That person sees a different thing altogether. They see themselves being a millionaire, estate owner, company owners, philanthropists, helpers, carrying mighty anointing, doing great things, building multiple houses, because he says, God said, I'll bless you and I'll multiply you. It's the same word. Both of them are going to get different degrees of blessing or different degrees of manifestation of the blessing. It is not God. It's because of the quality of the mind that saw and interpreted the word that had been received in their spirit. So God said to Abraham, as far as your eyes can see, I give it to you. It's as far as you can see. If you can see it, I'll bless you. If you can see it, you receive it. So Abraham, if you can see to the end of the Euphrates River, it's for you. It is as far as you can see. I want you to understand this. We limit God's hand by the quality of our mind. We limit God's power by the quality of our mind. We limit how much God can bless us by the quality of our mind. That is why someone can be prayerful and can be anointed and still pine away in, in poverty, in sickness, in lack. 
Somebody can't, I mean, when they lay hands on the dead, they'll be raised. And still they don't, they can't have, they are unable to put food on their table. They can be so anointed. And still you find that they are struggling in their life. Their spirit is okay, but their minds are unable to interpret the promises of God for them. In the coming year, your mind must be elevated. If you are listening to me, I want you to say to yourself, my mind must be elevated. You, you have to listen. You have to. You have to. Let, let me take this. Let me take this to a little. No, let me up up it a little. You see, I I don't know if you remember, but um, when 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 um, no smartphones were were being introduced into the system, they were still the analog phones. And those days, somebody will send you a, a multimedia message from their smartphone. And because your phone is still analog, um, you receive the message and you receive art, you receive star, you receive, you see funny things that you can't understand. Like, what is this? It is the problem is not with the message. The message is still the same. The problem is with your phone. Your phone is unable to decode the message that has been sent onto it. And so you may see the message as rubbish, but it's not rubbish because your phone doesn't have the capacity to decode the multimedia message because it is still analog. And so if you don't elevate your mind and elevate your thinking, God can give you as it were a multimedia message, but your mind is still an analog operating mind. And so you receive great visions in your spirit. You receive great word of God in your spirit. God can reveal all kinds of things unto you, but you will still not be able to change your life because your mind has not been elevated. You are unable to decode God's message. Say to yourself, my mind must be elevated. When I was talking to someone, he explained this in a very simple way. It's like you have a DSTV digibox in your house, okay? And, and because you have not upgraded or because you have not renewed your contract, at the end of the, the month, the DSTV goes off. So even though you can watch all kinds of um, 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 stations and you can, you, can, you can watch all kinds of movies and all of that, you'll be left with just a single, I don't want to say it, but you'll be left with just a single um, TV station that you, you wish that it wasn't there. Why? Not because the DSTV box is broken, no, but because it has not been upgraded or it has not been renewed. You want to say to yourself, I renew my mind. Until you elevate your mind, we will not be able to decode what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Until we elevate our mind, we will not be able to fully download into our spirit what God has given to us. And even if you're able to download it, you reduce it to your analog thinking because your mind or the quality of your mind is still in a bad place. You have to elevate your mind. Because without that, you cannot experience a change. You have to elevate your mind. Because without that, you cannot experience a change. You see, in your brain is a mind. <laughs> Everybody has a brain. And we all have a mind in our brain. Call your brain the computer. And call your mind the operating system in the computer. So, you may have... I mean, I can give you the best of all computers uh, with a powerful memory and a powerful RAM and whatever. And then you go, uh, you go and then you install, let's say, Windows 97. So, even though you have a supercomputer in your home and you have a 
powerful computer in your home, but your computer will be performing mega task because it is the, the operating system on, on the computer that's not permitted to handle complex issues. In the same way, God can give you a powerful brain, which he has given to all of us. But if the mind in our brain is the Windows 97, even though we are in 2021, you have the potential to perform at the highest level, yet you still be performing so low because your operating system limits you. Oh, I wish somebody understand what I'm talking about. God can give you the best of gift. God can give you the best of, of, of options. God can give you the best of opportunities. God can give you the best of brains. But if your mind is not elevated, if you don't change the OS and say, hey, operating system Windows 97 is too old, I need a, a new one. And until you install a new one, that is install a new mind in that brain, your gift, your potential, your opportunities will go to waste. Even though you can do so much yet you perform so little because your mind is in a bad place you can be given so much potential but because your mind is locked in yesterday with yesterday's matters and the way of seeing life you won't do much and you won't achieve so much because your mind is still in yesterday if your mind is defeatist, if you have a defeatist mind in your thinking, your mindset, everything you think will go bad. You can have the best of friends. You mess up all of them. If you have a fearful mind, you don't try anything. You don't go anywhere. You don't, you don't take risk. God can give you the best of opportunities and you still lose every single one of them because your operating system cannot handle it. I want you to start thinking through this very carefully. And say to yourself, I have to intentionally elevate my mind. Because next week, God, we're going to talk about something. In your mind is, is something we call a belief system. And a belief system is what helps you to see your world. And when you say to see your world, it doesn't mean to see how the world really is. But to see how you, your world is in the world. And this thing can be so limiting. The belief system you have in your head can be so limiting that it doesn't matter whether you are tongue-talking, anointed, spirit-filled. It doesn't matter how many times you have seen God. Your life can be so limited because of the operating system, the belief system in your head that is so limiting. I pray for you that in this season, God will help you elevate your mind. Please say amen. May God help you elevate your mind. I want to end today's message by saying this. You see, when Jesus walked upon the face of the earth, one of the major emphasis of his ministry were miracles. And one of the miracles, major miracles he did was the healing of blind eye. It is just a replica of the world. Because really, the biggest challenge in this world is blind eyes and blind minds. Many people have blindness. They're, we're just walking, we think we see, but we do not really see. When you see people insulting God on radio and insulting men of God and insulting, I mean, they say all kinds of things about God. And you are wondering, why can, how can you say this? Leave them alone. It's just because their minds have been blinded by the prince of the world. You see, you, you can find somebody who is drinking alcohol and he's killing himself. And, he's, and you can tell that things are changing his body. He has seen his friend drink the alcohol and die. And you ask yourself, but why can didn't you see your friend drink the alcohol and die? He saw it, but his mind did not recognize it. You know why? Because the prince of the air has blinded the mind. You can see a young lady throwing her life away, and then oftentimes they say, oh, as for me, it will be different. It will not be different. If it happened to them, it will happen to you. But the reason they can't see that what they are doing will end in evil is because their minds, as it were, are blinded. 
People are stealing from the office. You saw a friend still in the office, was arrested, put in jail, lost everything. And then you see also you see them also still in the same office. It's because their minds are blinded. But today I want you to just pray briefly as we end today's session and say, Father, open my eyes. Open my mind. Help me to see this year the waters around me, the world of waters around me, the opportunities around me, the open doors around me. Help me to see it. Help my mind to be able to construct the word of God that you have given to me in pictures that I can see it and possess it in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you that as we begin this year, God will open your eyes to see better, to see to see in, in, in expanded vision than you have ever seen in Jesus' name. If you are listening to me and not born again, this is a fine opportunity. Listen, if you are not born again, your mind has been blinded. Your, your mind has been blinded and you cannot get away by your own strength. But if you come to Jesus and believe in his word and you say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you repented truly and prayed this prayer, I want to tell you instantly, your eyes have been opened. If you are in Siani, look for us. We we are on top of the Kofujima building. Or you can call 020-615-3855. 020-615-3855. And we are going to help you to grow in the Lord. Or you can worship with us on Sundays at 8 o'clock a.m. And then on Tuesdays and Fridays at 6.30 p.m. Listen, we love you. We want you to do the best that you can in this season and in this year. We know that God has great things for you. But first of all, your eyes must be open. God bless you. See you next week. Very good moment um, with God this evening. If you're ready, just want to lay your hands on your heart briefly when you pray. That God will speak to you. That the word of God will come to you. Clear to you. Empower and that you be blessed by his word and be transformed by his word. In Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, we pray that you have your way in our midst. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Call somebody, call a friend, tell them it's Green FM 95.9, and let's tune in and listen to the word of God for the week. I want us to read from Romans chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter number 12. The verse number one and two, Paul speaking, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable sacrifice. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul is saying literally, I'm begging you, don't conform to this world and we are continuing our discussion on renew your mind renew your mind that paul said that to be transformed comes by the renewing of our mind so transformation which is change is a product of a renewed mind i mean you can say you want to change you can say it all you want i may even pray for change all i want until I change my way of thinking, nothing will pretty much change in my life. Last week I mentioned that uh, it is not the movement of the clock 
that brings newness of life. It is the movement of our mind. So a new year won't necessarily change your life. A changed event won't necessarily change your life. You know, like, no, some people say, don't worry. When I'm married, I will change. You won't. If you don't believe me, ask the couples how far with that statement. Because what changes a person is not the event, it's not the circumstance necessarily. I go far to even say, I dare say that not even our environment will change us. It is not the newness of environment that will change us. That is how come certain people travel all the way from here to Europe and they still behave in their neighborhood the same way they were behaving in this country because it is not the environment. The mind has not changed. It takes a renewed mind to experience a change. Whatever change you are looking for, positive change, that is what we are talking about in this place. It takes a renewed mind. And as I explained that, yes, God does not need your mind to communicate to us. He doesn't need our mind to communicate his desires, his vision, his dreams. He doesn't need our mind to communicate to us. But we will need our minds to interpret and communicate what we have received in our spirit. We will need our mind to interpret and communicate what we have received in our spirit. We believers oftentimes lay a lot of emphasis on the development and the growth and the elevation of our spirit, which is fantastic. But what we do is that we don't lay emphasis on the elevation and the growth of our minds. So we receive great visions from God, we receive great ideas from God, we receive great things from God, but we interpret them to fit into the small and limited capacities of our minds. What our minds can handle, that is what we reduce God's mind, we reduce God's vision into because we have not upgraded our minds minds. We upgrade our spirit, we elevate our spirit, but we don't bother about feeding our minds and elevating our minds. And so we are like a supercomputer running with the oldest operating system ever. And so even though we can do so much and we can achieve so much and we can perform at a super high rate, yet we see ourselves achieving so little and performing at such a low and little and mediocre levels because our minds have not been renewed. We are like an analog phone in a multimedia generation or a multimedia world. We are like an analog phone that cannot enjoy the beauty, the color, the emojis, the creativity of our world today because our mind cannot decode the things that are coming down onto us. As much as we lay emphasis on the growth of our spirit, we must lay emphasis also on the growth and the elevation of our minds. Our minds, for most of us, have not been elevated. And so we are not able to fully interact with God's vision and God's agenda and what God has deposited into our spirit. You want to say to yourself that in this year, I will elevate my mind. I will upgrade my mind. It is a conscious decision that you have to make that in this year, regardless of what comes my way, I will elevate my mind. I stopped here last week and I mentioned that in our minds is a belief system. In everybody's mind is a belief system. It is what we have accepted as true or untrue. It's what we have believed as true or false. Something that is true or something that is not true for us. Not necessarily what it necessarily may be for us. 
the belief system in our heads is what affects how we see our world. Not necessarily how the world is, but how we see it through our belief system. I mean, it is called worldview, but I just want to stay with belief system because it's easier that way. The way we, the, the things we accept as true or untrue is the things that run our system, is the thing that run our lives. What you accept as true or what you accept as untrue, whether it is true or not, it's true for you. That forms your belief system. And your belief system eventually forms your values and your convictions. And your values and your convictions then inform your choices and your actions. Your belief system forms your convictions and values. And then your values inform your choices and actions. So if, for instance, somebody believes that women are subpar to men. I mean, women, are, they don't you know, they're not the same like men. Some people have that kind of belief, that kind of mind in their head. Now, it doesn't matter how, how many times you sit in church. It doesn't matter how many books he reads. It doesn't even matter how many times he goes to school and get degrees. He will still treat women in a particular way because his belief system has informed the kind of values that he has towards women. And the kind of values he has towards women then informs the choices he makes towards women. It's as very simple as that. What is the belief system in your head? You can preach to him, he will hear you, you, you know that what you are saying is true. But what is running in his mind is that the woman is supper. A woman is never up to the same level as a man. He will treat the woman based on the value system that he has towards women. There are people today who believe that money is everything. If that is their belief system, it forms their values concerning money and values concerning property and values concerning material things. And it will then inform their choices. There are people who will do anything for money. If it means they should sell their soul, they will sell their soul, sell their family, sell their dignity, just so they can have more money. Why? Because they, the belief system in their head tells them that money is everything. There are people who in their, their belief system working in their mind is that if anything is too good, it's then too good to be true. So if somebody comes their way and the person is trying to help them, in their mind, they think that the person is just going to hurt them eventually. So then their choices will be affected. I, I trust you are listening to what I'm talking about here. If, if, if I've, I've, I've spoken to quite a number of people, and sometimes you hear people say, ah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. this place, it won't work. So if a businessman is telling me this place, it won't work, it will inform his convictions, it will inform his values. And so you see that the kind of choices you make concern his own business. You'll be sitting back and like, ah, but why are you making these businesses, this kind of choices concern your business? It's because in his mind, aha, oh yeah, yeah. This place you cannot, you cannot do it, can it cannot work. Or in this family, it doesn't work. So that belief system has locked them up in a particular place. Take someone who was told, maybe you're told every time, ah, you smell, ah, you smell, ah, you smell. They grew up having a very low self-esteem. So it is their belief system. I remember someone telling me that at a point in time when, when the wife told him that I love you, he thought the wife was kidding, thought the wife was, was lying. Because all his life, nobody has told him I love you before. His parents never told him I love you before. So he never even thought that somebody could love him. And so when he heard I love you for the first time, it didn't work in the belief system he has. In his mind, he's good for nothing. 
in his mind, it is, nobody can love the way I am. So either the person is lying, even though the wife was genuinely telling him, I love you. So the belief system in his mind was stopping him from fully loving the wife. Because in his mind, nobody can love me. Everything we hear, please hear this. Everything we hear will be processed through our belief system that is operative in our mind. And if it doesn't fit our belief system, it won't pass through. So I will hear you, but I'm not listening because it doesn't fit into the belief system that I have had. Like my friend, it, I love you does not fit into the belief system. So it can only be a lie. And if it's a lie, they are throwing it away. I'm telling you, belief systems are powerful. They are very powerful. And so that is why God has said, do not be conformed to this world because you have been formed already. Belief systems are powerful and the funny thing about that is that nobody will sit you down and actually teach you a particular belief system it doesn't happen what happens is that we pick it up while we are growing up while when the things you heard the knowledge you heard you pick up a belief system out of it the conclusions you make out of your experiences in life forms your belief system your exposures forms your belief system the things how you grew up the environment you grew up in the culture you grew up in forms your belief system you know every child is born a tabula rasa it just simply means that every child is born a clean slate no child comes into this world with any idea what reality is is reality augmented by God or we, we are, everything is just us. You know, God made the earth, left it, and then we are here. Or even perhaps you may even think that there is no God. The child has no idea what that is. Nobody comes into this world knowing what the nature of the world around us is. Is the world the spiritual world alone or the world is just matter? It's just, you know, atoms and matter. When, when, when we die, what happens to us? Do we continue our journey? Or, you know, when we die, then it is finished. What is a human being? Are there, are there certain human beings who are better than others? What did we even, where did we even come from? Who made us? Are we our own gods or we, we submit to a certain being that is higher and superior and is supreme over us? Every child comes into this world having no idea any of these things and even more of them. The child will grow up, just like you and I, will grow up eventually forming minds concerning God, concerning humanity, concerning reality, concerning good and bad, concerning all of these things based on the knowledge, what we kept hearing, based on the exposures we had in our lives, based on the conclusions of our experiences, based on the, on the culture we are growing up in. And those things eventually forms the belief systems that we will live for or we will live with the rest of our lives. That is how we were all formed and that is how we all develop a particular belief system. That is how come you can have two kids in the same house and one will have a fearful mindset, the other will have a faithful mindset. 
You can have two people working in the same place, growing up in the same community. One will have a mind of possibilities. The other will have a mind of impossibilities. You can have two people growing up in the same place, hearing the same thing, and one will have a mind that it is, it is a, a mind that is limiting. I can do it. They are fearful. They, they, they think that they are unable to achieve anything. And the other has a mind that is liberating. Why? Because of what they kept hearing because of the conclusions of their experiences, because of their exposures, because of their environment, and they have been formed. And so God says to you and I that we have to constantly renew our minds so that we don't conform to the old mind that we had before coming to Christ Jesus. I, this is so crucial. I, I'm praying that you get it. Because if this mind, the old mindset is not renewed, you can be in church, you can be prayer warrior, you can be tongue-talking, you can, you can read all kinds of books and nothing will change in your mind because you are not renewing the old mindset that is in your head. What have you believed as true? What have you accepted as untrue? What was your understanding of life? All of these things are the things that are really shaping you. And so you may want a change, but you see that you are still heading towards a particular direction. It's like I can see a wall and I'm driving the car into the wall. It's like, ah, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall. But you still go on and hit the wall because you have not changed anything. You have not switched the gear. You have not applied the brakes. You have not changed direction. If you don't change direction of your thinking, you are going to the same place that you don't want to go. You are going to the same place that your fathers went, that you, you saw and you hated. You are getting there because your mindset hasn't changed. Let, let me use some few illustrations to drum home um, what I'm trying to say. You know, there are people in this world who are trying to believe that there is no God. Or they sit on radio, they sit on TV, they say all kinds of things. And sometimes you, you wonder, about, but how can you say there is no God? Based on all the evidence we are seeing around us, they still believe there is no God. And because they believe there is no God, watch the things they believe in, watch the things that they, they, they value in life, and the kind of choices that <coughs> they make. It's, it's amazing. It's simply because they don't believe that there is God. You could, or you could have a church boy, a church girl, she was in church, believed in Jesus Christ, and then she gets exposed to one or two bad experiences. She makes a bad, she makes conclusions of the experiences. If she begins or he begins to hear different people speaking on radio, on TV, reads big different books, he gets a different knowledge. And then you be you the same person who was in church, who was a church girl, a church boy, now thinks and says that Jesus Christ is fake. And Jesus Christ like Santa Claus. And God does not exist. And all kinds of things. And you wonder, what happened? Information got into their head. And so their belief system has changed. A very typical example, Africanism, that we are so deep into mysticism. I mean, we, we like things that are mysterious and who, 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 see. So you can have a person there. You'll be in church. They'll hear all the message that you are preaching. They are tongue-talking. They believe in God. But their shop, they have their shop, you know, in the market. And the name of their shop is the Lord is my shepherd. And their brother's shop is I shall not want. Both of them are in church. But when nobody starts, or maybe when her business starts going down, and people are not coming to a market or they are not coming to a shop. The first thing he thinks about is that maybe the other person is doing him or her. It's true. 
the person is in church. They are not even thinking, ah, but what am I not doing right? What am I doing right? Am I, am I treating my customers right? Do well, No, no, no. All of those things, they don't matter. Soon as it happens, the immediate thinking is that somebody's doing me. I've heard and I've listened and I've, I've observed Christians, many Christians. Soon as we, we begin to go through um, difficult situations that we, we don't understand, the obvious thing is that let's go and do Ibiza. So he's in Christ. But the belief in his mind is that somebody must do me before I can go down. It is not about me. Oh, I hope, I hope God is speaking to somebody in this place. We, we may be Christians, all right. But if the mindset in our head has not changed, I will curse you on Friday evening and come and praise God in church on Sunday morning. Like, hey, and they don't even think that there's anything wrong with it. You know why? Because the mind in their head tells them that if you offend me, I have to pay you back. The belief system is so powerful that it can limit God. I hope you heard that. The belief system in our mind, what is operating in our mind, what is running our mind, our lives, can be so powerful that it can limit God in our lives. Dear beloved, you see, if, if you watch very carefully, it looks as though it's so easy for African tradition religion to, to, to seep into the church. And, and the reason is because, we, we, because of the way we believe things to be. Everything must be mystical. So when you make things open, we don't like it. When you are telling us to pray and trust God, we don't like it. When you are telling us to put principles together, no, give me oil. Give, give me something that will work quickly because that was our system. That is where we grew up. That is the culture we grew up in, the African culture. We want quick answers. Just throw the carries down and do finding and do a visa and give me resort. So just just find out what is wrong with me. If it is my mother, tell me so that I can get something to do. If, if you are telling me about they will put things together, do the word of God, it's too long. Because the belief system in our mind is that if something is not working, make sure you get some spirit or some power to help you get there. And until we change that mind, until we change that thinking, Nothing really will change in our lives. I want you to understand this. Our belief systems are the set of hinges on which our everyday thinking and doing stands. The hinges are the hinge on the door. You know, it is what the door is standing on. When you open the door, sometimes your hinges make a lot of noise. Quing, quing. So, so literally, your life is standing on the hinges. And that hinges is what, what belief do you have in your mind? What do you accept as true or don't you accept as true? What are the things that is running your life? Is it the word of God or is it something else? And I want you to understand this, that our belief system is so powerful that it takes a whole lifetime to change an existing worldview or belief system. It's so powerful that it takes a whole lifetime. See, it, it took God days for him to get Israel out of Egypt. Just days they were out of Egypt. But it took God over 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. 
Israel was so used to the system of Egypt, eh? so much so that soon as God gave them the law, at ah, the next moment Moses went there eh, and they, they started worshiping idols because they were so used to idolatry in Egypt. Look how it was so easy for God to take us from the kingdom of darkness into his dear son. It was just one day, it was just one moment. We repented, we called on him. That same day we were born again. But look how long it's taking God to take fear out of our lives. Look how long it's taking God to take quarrelsomeness out of our life. Look how long it's taking God to take um, 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 limiting mindset, thinking small, and, and all of those things out of our life because it takes a whole lifetime to take a belief system, to change a belief system. But if you are ready to put in little effort, step by step, it will change. And two ways. If you are going to change an old mindset or supplant an old belief system with a new one, one, you have to expose yourself to new sets of information. When you hear new things, it changes you. New set of information. And two, consistently practice the new. So the new information you hear, you don't just hear them, but you also consistently practice them. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 17, now that you know, he says, now that you know this, You'll be blessed when you do them. So the knowing is one part, exposure to new information. Now he says that you'll be blessed when you do them. So Jesus knows that what we hear affects us, but more importantly, what we do changes us. What we hear affects us, but what we do changes us. I remember talking to a friend of mine, he said to me that one day he went to the market with his wife and he was carrying the market basket, you know, everything. And this guy who doesn't know him from anywhere, doesn't know him from Adam, comes to him and then he insults the guy. I say, he insulted me. I don't know this guy. And I was like, ah, but what, why are you insulting me? He said, but if you are doing something that is, you know, deserving of insult, I should, why shouldn't I insult you? Why are you carrying your wife's back in the market? Because to him in this culture, you don't marry, you don't you don't carry your wife's back in the market. You don't ever carry, let your wife carry everything. So he has had words in the in, in in church, and he had gotten to know that the woman is you and the woman are equal. You have to love your wife. You have to support your wife. And in the doom, when somebody comes to him and insults him, so if he changes his mind. Then he's not going to be blessed. He's not going to enjoy the peace in his marriage. He's not going to enjoy the love in the marriage. He's not going to enjoy the fruitfulness in the marriage. Because he, he, although he heard, because of another thing he has heard, he has changed his activities. But thank God he didn't change his activities. The reason we hear so much, you know, in our generation, ah, that's a powerful message. That's a powerful revelation. But we don't see any significant improvement is because we don't often do what we hear. And belief systems are strengthened the more we do them. The more we do them, the more they are strengthened. So God said, I am begging you, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. In other words, what God is saying is that the more I do the word of God, I hear and read, the more it renews, supplants, and takes over the old limiting belief systems that I had. I may have picked up from my parents, I may have picked up from my culture, my environment, my school, my experiences, a low self-esteem. But the more I do the word of God that tells me I'm a child of God and he loves me, the more love supplants the low self-esteem that I have. 
The more I do the word of God, the more I, 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 it may be possible that I may be coming from an abusive home. But, but the more I do the word of God, the more I move away from being an abusive person to being a loving person because the word is able to change my mind. The more I do the word of God, the more I remove my faith from money and place it in God alone. The more I do God's word, the more I stop being afraid and blaming witches and blaming people for everything that happens in my life and learn to live the life of an overcomer and learn also to take responsibilities for my life because the word of God tells me so. The more I do the word, the more I am transformed because the word of God has the power to influence our character and most importantly to influence and change our belief system. We were all formed before we came to Christ Jesus. And so, and, and while we are in Christ, we, we, the world keeps influencing us. And so, soon as we stop renewing our minds with new information and actions, we begin to conform. So, you'd be okay seeing things God's way yesterday, but today you realize that you don't see things God's way because we have stopped to renew our mind. Yesterday, there was a whole society that fought against self, same sex marriage and, and all kinds of things, and alcoholism and prostitution and all kinds of things, and bestiality. Today, the same societies are proven of them. What happened? They stopped renewing their mind. Yesterday, you saw things God's way. You believe in God. You used to preach the word of God. Today, you said, ah, God doesn't even exist. What happened? We stopped renewing our mind. Look at the way Christians are today. We are no different from the unbelievers. What they do is what we do. And we even do worse. Why? Because we have stopped renewing our mind. I came to tell somebody, you may say, ah, this year will change. Ah, this year good things will happen. It's not about you just wanting to change. It's about you putting to practice the activities of the change you want to see. And that's what God does. He gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us by supplying grace and to be able to do His word. What we then do is to put the grace of God to work and apply our will in little but definite steps towards the areas we desire a change. Of course, change do come overnight, but change also occur little by little. You take a baby step, you may fall try to be a loving husband, you may fall, try to be a hardworking career woman, you may fall, a diligent student now, you may fall, you may trip, you may fall, but if you keep taking the steps little by little, I want to tell you that you are going to see the change you want to see because you get steadier, firmer, and stronger in your steps that you are taking. You begin to see small progresses in the area you desire to see a change. This year, I pray for you that may you experience a change in your walk with Jesus. May you experience a change in your finances. May you experience a change in your spiritual life. May you experience a change in your academic life. May you experience a change even as God gives you grace. May you apply the grace until you see that change in your life. Listen to me. There's no greater change than you giving your life to Christ, changing from darkness to light. You want to give your life to Jesus, you just want to lay your hands on your heart and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I come to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for your word. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to see a change in your life. I want you to testify about changes in your life. If you give your life to Christ, you can find us if you're in Suyani. Call this number 20 615 
3855 or look for us on top of the Coffee Jima building. Uh, and you can also join us in our 14 days of prayer and fasting, 6 a.m. in the morning to 7 and 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. in the evening. God bless you, and I'll see you again with a changed self. Bye-bye.